What's up everyone? Welcome to another episode of Pixel Prep, aka Sam and Max, episode 3, The Mole, The Mob, The Podcast. I am normally joined by my video gaming comrades in arms, however due to the lockdown I'm joined by solely my good friend Mr. Alex Jackson. Good evening. How we doing man, you alright? I'm very well, how are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad, not bad. Um, before we get into this week's episode... Uh, big thank you to this week's contributors, Colin, aka yeah. Multiplatform Man, yeah. and Samantha. Oh, okay. Wow, that's a short list this week. It is a short list. I know. I don't know what's going on. I've um, I, I did tag a load of people, but I've seen a different side to certain individuals, and I'm like, don't know if it's the lockdown having a knock-on effect to some people, but yeah. um, I don't want to kind of press too much. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, how are you, man? How are you doing? Um, yeah. Um, keeping myself busy, um, as well as I can do, staying inside the house. Um, I think for me, it's been made quite easy with the fact that I've got a lot of video games to play. Yeah. And a lot of catching up on it to do. Um, so yeah, it's been really good. Um, don't go out much. Uh, try and go out shopping every now and then, but with personal issues behind that I try not to yeah no no it's fair enough what have you been playing in the meantime then what have you been playing uh, during this, this off time a lot of football manager I've got um, two saves going uh, one with a group of lads from work and a couple of lads from school um, uh, I will try and get myself um, in a routine so sort of during the day I'll play with the lads from work um, and we're, we're having a really good save it's really good fun um, we're all doing really well, so it sort of keeps the the momentum of the game going. Because if you if you you can easily get disheartened with football manager mm. that shadow, especially if you're not doing very well. Um, and so yeah, it's it's been good fun. Um, we're now coming up to the end of our second season, and we've been playing it properly since we went into lockdown on the twenty third. So it's good fun. Brilliant. Yesterday I finished, it's a long time coming, uh, I finished the single player campaign of uh, Lego Marvel Superheroes 1. Fucking hell, yeah, alright. Yeah. Um, I, I only added the last couple of levels to do, um, so slowly when I have the patience to do it, I'm slowly unlocking all the characters and the Lego blocks and replaying the levels to get all the extra bits and pieces. He's going for that sweet, uh, sweet platinum. Uh, I'm not trying to. If I focus on doing the platinum, I'll get bored yeah. because it means I have to focus all my attention on that game. Um, so at the minute, it's just dipping in and out, and, and that's the good thing about Lego games is that you can just dip in and out. Yeah. Uh, do a couple of bits and pieces, and then off you go again. Um, the other thing I've been playing is Far Cry Five. Um, I've just finished the first zone. Um, and I'm slowly making my way through all the little side missions and collectibles and stuff like that. And that's really good fun. I'm really glad that I bought that game. Um, even the missus wants to have a go at it and she's not a massive gamer. Um, that's it really, game-wise. Um, TV and movie-wise, still watching The Mandalorian. Love it. I think it's the best thing uh, that Disney Star Wars have done. Um, and I've been watching a documentary called um, Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix. And it's a documentary about Sunderland Football Club and how they're run 
and all the sort of bits and pieces that you don't see behind the scenes of a football club, which I love. I think it's brilliant. Um, even Lauren is getting involved in it. She enjoys it, and for her, that's a really odd thing because she hates football. She has no interest in it whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, so that's been about it, really. Brilliant. Football, football, and the more football. Yeah. The uh, the well-known football scenes in The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting BBA to turn up at some point now as well. Fair enough. Football-related objects. Yeah, just boot them around for a bit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I have... What have I been up to? I've got it all written down. I've been playing a load. In fact, you've been playing one that you've not mentioned because we've both been playing it. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Odyssey, yes, of course I had. Yeah, yeah. good point. I remember that. I had to play the Lexios. I had to. Yeah. Yeah. Alexander is a great name, so I've got to, I've got to follow Alexios. Fair enough. So... It's pretty badass. I think it's a brilliant game. I, I, I really do. I was really sort of bumming and ahhing about it mm. because the last one I played was Black Flag and I loved it. Black Flag's um, incredible. Yeah, he's brilliant. And I, I still think it's the best game, but Odyssey isn't far behind it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more RPG side of it now than there was, and I think that adds a whole new dimension to the game. Yeah. For a better way, uh, for a better reason, um, I think I've, I've not done a lot of it. I've only played a couple of hours, but I've, to be fair, I've just been wandering around the first island. Yeah, just, just doing all the little bits and pieces. You see, I'm about sixty hours in. <laughs> I've not completed the uh, the main storyline yet because I yeah. I'm very much one of these. I could go to point B and save you know the villagers or whatever the fucking storyline is yeah or I could run for three miles in that direction and see what I bump into yeah I'm, I, I'm, I love that it's like it's like a kid with a bit of ADHD you're just sort of wandering around I've got to do the, oh look a fly and you just start chasing it down different course yeah um, and that's what I did I said right I'll set a mission marker there and then I'll wander along and it's like a Innocent bystander. Like, oh yeah, well, I've got to talk to him now. Yeah. Completely forgetting what you were doing in the first place. Brilliant. What I love, um, and I didn't realise this until probably about twenty hours in, and like, and I just saw myself randomly getting it. Is you get experience points for everything. Yeah. And and it's it's not just it's not just fetch quests. You discover different places around ancient Greece and you're rewarded for it you're rewarded for that exploration which is absolutely brilliant Um, it's another added thing that you can get involved in instead of just doing the missions it rewards you for having a look around and doing the other bits and pieces in the game absolutely which I think is a really good thing and because I occasionally I play um, a strategy game called Total War Rome 2 yeah, there's a lot of um, Greek states in that. Sparta's one of them, and I've sort of been interested in their history after the film Three Hundred and playing this. So to find out Alexios is is a Spartan is another one where you're like, oh, this is just so good. And then you the the intro level to the game where you play as Leonidas. Yeah, from the Battle of Three Hundred. 
and I'm just there. I've, I've just got this is Sparta in my head, yeah. kicking everybody. So yeah, it's um, it's a good game, and uh, hopefully when I've finished all my other bits and pieces, I'll probably get into it. Yeah, admittedly, the um, the combat threw me at first using the triggers to actually yeah. fight, using the other trigger to use your special abilities. And then using the actual face buttons to do fuck all, apart from dodge, really threw me. But once I got into it, I, I really enjoy it. I, I prefer it than the old mechanics, where you yeah. button mashing circle and the occasional triangle button to counter an attack. You've actually got to sort of memorise combos and sort of learn how to fight. Yeah. Which I think is really good for it. It's nice as well because you can build your character to play the way you want to play. So yeah. I've gone for a heavily assassin-based um, yeah. loadout. Yeah. Um, and when you start using things like the hero strike, which you may not have unlocked yet, probably not. No. It basically it's a it's a one-off special attack that uses sixty percent of your overall assassin damage. When your assassin damage is something like 20 times more than your other damage, that 60% is a huge amount. Yeah. It's so good. What I've liked about that mechanic, it reminds me a lot of Splinter Cell Blacklist. Mm. Because when that came out, you could you could either do one of three things. You could, um, and it rewarded you on your playstyle. So you'd have, you could either do it the stealth way, or you could go in all guns blazing, or you could do a bit of both. Yeah. And you could sort of learn how to play the game like that, and that's what got me into that game. And I see something very similar in this. Yeah. And obviously, because it, they're done by the same company, they've obviously got that mechanic and used it previously, so they know how to work it. And obviously, they've got similar setups with Tom Clancy in the Division games. Your loadout for your weapons and, and armour and gear depends on if you're an assault player or if you're a support player or if you're a tank. It, it just it does change it. And I, I do like that about it because you can you can play the game for a little bit in one particular loadout, but then get bored and go, Well, I now I want to be like a, a stealth guy and then you can change it. Yeah. So I do think it's good. It is it's an incredible game, and honestly, I, I'm so annoyed that I slept on it for as long as I have. But I'm going to move on, mainly because I could talk about it for hours. Um, the next game that I picked up recently, I picked it up in the sale, uh, Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Yeah, oh, that's hilarious. I love that game. That game is fucking weird. I like it. I like it a lot. It's... it's... It's my it's my sort of thing. It's a strategy game. Yeah, it's a tactical based strategy game, and it's brilliant. And I've never really sort of played a Rabbids game before because I've not necessarily been into the Nintendo stuff. But I picked that up on my Switch a while back, and I love it. I love the storyline. I love the characters. Yeah, the Rabbids are complete loonies. It's brilliant. Um, I'm on World Two at the moment. I'm coming to the end of World Two. And I've got the sherbet, this big sherbet rabbit that's got a shield and a shotgun, and it's just looking really good. See, I, I'm, I'm way behind. I've lit, I've just unlocked Luigi. Okay. Which is brilliant because Luigi is basically your sniper character, and yeah. this this whole 
you can move around your characters to carry out particular um, tactics. It's absolutely wonderful. And the fact that you can bounce off one another to get yeah. further afield, yeah. it just... The, the game floors me just how good it is. Yeah. Samantha sat there looking at it and went, you don't have to play some shit. She's yeah. right. She's absolutely yeah. right. But it's a good game. But it's such a good game, yes. Um, no, I've, I've absolutely loved it. My time with Mario and Rabbids has been fucking yeah. awesome. Um, that's when I've been able to get to my Switch yeah. because Samantha found out that Lego Harry Potter is on the Switch. Yeah, I saw this on Twitter. Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of that's been played, isn't I've it? I've basically lost my my switch now to Samantha. Yeah. So she's playing the collection on there. That said, I'd already we already had the collection on the PS4, but um, yeah. because of her epilepsy, it's one of those where it's it's easier for her to play it off of a smaller screen. So yeah. that's part of the reason we got it on the Switch. She plays it in handheld mode. Yeah. But I'd already got part way through the collection on my PS4. So I thought, you know what? I'll I'll finish it off. Yeah, platinumed it. Couldn't, couldn't help it. Like I, I saw the little percentage getting higher and higher, and I'm like, I'm going to have that. I'm going to yeah, do it. So yeah. Um, right, what else have I been doing? Um... I've been reading a book. Now, this is a book that might interest you. You've read a book? I mean, is I'm it a comic book? I'm reading a book. I'm a very grown-up man. I'm a grown-up man with grown-up interests. No, you're not. You're a, you're a grown-up man with a kid behaviour that plays video games. Yeah, I am. But I'm also yeah. reading The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Okay. Holy wow. shit. Jesus Christ, son. You're depressed or what? Mate, I am... Um, <laughs> Jesus, that's big reading. I, oof, I'm, I'm man enough to admit I was reading through it, um, and there was a point last night. It, it wasn't after the first gassing incident. Um, it was after uh, Leo, um, the individual that we find ourselves following throughout this yeah. this particular book. Um, I'm not going to say character because Leo is a, is a real man. Like, the author spent time sat with Leo, um, and he he basically he comes down with typhus, um, and some of the other men in his block uh, risk themselves to pull him off the the dead cart basically because um, he wasn't dead and they cared for him they smuggled him food and water um, and he was he was out for about a week and for a week they risked their lives to care for this man um, and he, he didn't know what to do and in the book he, like he's beyond words with gratitude um, and he found out that one lad that he'd had very minimal interaction with and that is a, a, a recurrence I found so far I'm about a third into the book one lad that he'd had a little bit of interaction with had really stood up for him, and he'd gone, and that's it. He's gone for good. Um, the the capo basically was in a shitty mood, took him away, never saw him again, and you knew what had happened, and it reduced yeah, me yeah. to tears. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's such an interesting experience. But what it's is, harrowing. It's odd. Right. It's one of those that you have to understand. Yeah. Or you have to try and understand, and you have to learn about it. 
because it's just it's something that no one should be, ever be put through. No, and it's horrific. And I, I can't imagine what these people must have gone through on a daily basis. It's but I, I applaud them for what for how built they were in character to to de- defy everything that they had to deal with. Yeah get through to the other side it's it's amazing to hear these people yeah to retain so, their identity as well in the way that they they did yeah. um, there was, um, I saw a thing on Facebook about two two chaps that had gone through Auschwitz they were in the same line where they got tattooed yeah and they literally were at the same camps but they didn't know each other they were at the same camps at the same time yeah and then they found each other after the, after the war ended and they sort of returned to sort of some form of normality, and they became really close friends. And yeah, it just—it's uh, one of my places I have to go to, purely just to try and imagine what yeah. that must have been like in Italy. I don't think any any amount of yeah, I don't think any amount of imagining will ever. No, but I can understand. Wanting to see it firsthand to try and put that perspective yeah, yeah. for yourself, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful story though, because um, it's it's basically not only is it a survival story, it's a love story. Yeah. Um, and it's very open about this. It, it covers it in the foreword of the book. Um, but Lael is made to become one of the, the tattooists of. Auschwitz, they they come in, and I didn't realise how brutal this was. These people would come through with a scrap of paper in their hand, and it would say a number, and the tattooist would take a bit of wood with a needle, they would gouge the number into the arm, and then rub it with ink and a bit of cloth. You know, it's, it's not the process that we're aware of today it was a very brutal very savage thing to do um and in this particular story that's come to light um leo had to tattoo this young girl um and he remembered her number and he fell in love with her the second he saw her and bearing in mind this is a true story this is the story of how leo and his future wife Gita met he tattooed her and they had a life outside of Auschwitz. Wow. It's incredible. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this develops. But Yeah. I might have to buy that book after you then, I think. You might have to, honestly. It's incredible. I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a pin in this for a split second so that we can gather ourselves. And we'll be back in a moment. And we're back. So, we're going to jump into our questions for idiots. So, questions for idiots? Yeah, well, us. Right, <laughs> so, first one comes from Samantha Baroddle, oh, a.k.a. Awesome. my wife. And she says, if you could make this whole situation into a video game, what type of game would it be and how would it end? And what would be some of the trophies and missions that you would need to do? Okay, so um, my idea would be a Dead Rising game based in the UK to something similar of, to Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Okay, so 
one of the, the final missions is you have to get to the Winchester. Um, one of the trophies is called Pete, where you have to kill your roommate because he's turned into a zombie. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of them is called Sorry Philip, because you have to go around to your mums and make sure that there's, there's, no, there's no zombies there and kill them. Uh, yeah. I think that'd be it. That'd be my game. A Dead Rising style game based on Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. I like the idea that as you go out, you have to remain two metres away from everyone, otherwise your health starts dropping. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, I'd said this to you, I'd I'd basically go with a life simulator. Yeah. I'd go with a life simulator. So what you'd... um, You'd you'd have to do day to day chores to try and stem the insanity. So today's checklist involves ironing ten shirts and putting on three loads of washing, and cooking the dinner. Yeah. But I'd I'd probably throw in just for the sake of making it fucking nuts. Uh, I'd have an an octodad style control to it. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be really good. So the whole you'd have to walk by using the left and right triggers, and then you'd use the uh, L1 and R1 buttons to move the arms around and grab certain things. So you try and make dinner for your other half. It's grab the paprika, and you're just like fucking swaying your arm around everywhere. <laughs> try not to smash the pan off the fucking gas stove or something. I'd love that. That would be brilliant, actually. Yeah, I'd make that game. I'm going to make that get look. Watch this space. Watch this yeah. space. Octodad Corona edition. <laughs> so yeah, um, right. Our next question comes from none other than Colm himself, multi-platform man, and he says, first thing you're going to do once the lockdown is lifted." Mackies. I'm going Mackie Dees. All day long. All day long. I've been missing it. I'm not going to lie. There are occasions where I go. On a Big Mac, and I can't because Mackies aren't open. Yeah. So, yeah, Mackies for me. Fuck, it's a hard life, isn't it? Yeah, first world problems, mate. That's what it is. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, I've had the time to think about this, but I'm like, I, I didn't spend a lot of time seeing my mum and dad and that lot anyway, and I didn't spend a lot of time seeing my brother or any of my family, and yeah, like. Um, I mean, you've seen because I've sent the video and it's on, like, it's in the local newspaper. Like, me and my company, we've been out in all like the trucks and vans. So, I'm seeing my work colleagues. I don't really give a fuck about them. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I really want to do? I want to go out for either a meal or yeah. I want to go out uh, on a night out with Samantha. Even though yeah. I've spent the last three, four weeks with her, the idea of going out. And just being out in like the local cocktail bar, mm. Poof, mate, I, I love that idea. Love yeah. that idea. I'd give anything for it at the minute. I really would. Especially with the weather like it is now. Oh, the weather's gorgeous. I mean, don't get me wrong. We um, our back garden's an absolute shithole. It really is. Like we've not got a patio or anything like that. Um, but we've got a couple of concrete slabs out. We put we've got the barbecue out. We did a big shot, like I told you earlier, and it's yeah. one of those. We went out and we got, I say we, Samantha went out and we got a couple of barbecue bits. And we've done a barbecue just for the two of us today. It's been lovely. Yeah. I must stress for anyone listening, at the same time, like adhering to all social distancing rules and not going out just for barbecue bits. 
Like, <laughs> Put his flavour in there straight away. Well, no, I know, but like this is like because Nick, um, as again as we were saying earlier, Nick works at Spa, and Nick's still getting people walk in, going, "Hi," and Nick goes, "Where's where's your shopping?" And he goes, "Oh no, no shopping. Can I have a scratch card, please?" And I'm like, "No, like you're putting him at risk, yeah. like by not adhering to social distancing. It's such a bad fucking thing." It kills me. I don't, I hate the idea. I went to, I went to the spa where he works through the other day. I had to go and get a couple of bits, um, and it's it's absolutely shocking. Like there was no one on the door managing people going in and out. Um, so they were packed to the gills, and there was no one social distancing. I'm like, holy shit! Like it was really bad. I had to come out, um, and I I messaged him, and because I, I just. I popped in to get a couple of bits. I couldn't get them. I just messaged him, asked him if he wouldn't mind grabbing a few bits and let me know when he was available. So I went back and saw him, went it all quietened down, and he left it, bless him, in the middle of the car park, and I picked it up, and I've sent him the money via my fucking app. I'm like, it's, it's, it's the best I can do for him, bless yeah, him. Yeah. So, well, that's what we had. When, when we were in self-isolation, my old man was, was coming over yeah. from Harvard. To, to drop off shopping for us and he had to leave it at the front door walk to the road and then I could have a chat with him mm. and that, that kills you because you're just like you, you can't show enough gratitude for these people what they do for you yeah. because you can't go anywhere near them in case they get infected yeah and it's just yeah. I think in all seriousness I know I said Mac is I, I've I, I miss going over and seeing my dad because mm. um, I, I when I could go over, we'd go over and watch a medal game or I'd have me coaching, so I'd spend the weekend with him. I sort of do want to do that again. And especially this weekend, my birthday's tomorrow, Lawrence is on Monday. I wanted all of us to go out for a meal. Um, I didn't realise Lawrence was on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Lauren, Lauren, Lauren's birthday is two days after mine. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea, because obviously I've... I know you. You're aware that I have, I've sent something to your address. Yes, you fucker. Yes. It's got a massive game symbol on it. It does have It's not big enough to be a PS4 game, and I have a funny feeling I know what it is. You... I'm going to kick your ass. You... I am going to kick your ass. You see, Lauren told me this, and I I mess I sent her a message going, "I'd like to see him try in the middle of this fucking lockdown." <laughs> I will find a way, sunshine. Even if it's shoving my size 11 boot through this fucking FaceTime call, I will kick your ass. Yeah. You have the weirdest way of saying thank you. It's a very, 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 very <laughs> tight gesture. But if I know what it is, you're a fucking dead man. Mm. And that's on the podcast, so people can be made aware. Yeah. <laughs> There's no plausible deniability. They know where it goes to. If I turn up <laughs> dead, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, let's move on to Colm's next question which was uh, if you could have a game character to be in lockdown with who would it be? That's a tough one. Um, it is because there's my none first, My first instinct was Nathan Drake. Yeah. But I think he'd get bored and he'd want to go on an adventure and I'm like well we can't Nathan you've got to stay indoors. Yeah. And then he'd get really upset and probably kill someone. Yeah. According to Sager anyway. This is it. I'm like, who who do I pick that isn't going to fuck the house up or isn't going to 
like want to go outside on an adventure. Mm. There really aren't many. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, I'm genuinely a little bit like, can I pick a Pokemon? <laughs> well, no, because depending on what they are, they either burn the house down, turn it into stone, blow it away, yeah. drown you, um, shock you to death. Mr. Oh. Mime. You could have Mr. Mime or Nicki Minaj. Sorry, Jinx. Oh, Jinx. Oh. oh. Um... I suppose... That's what I did in Pokemon Go. When I first captured Jigs, I, I renamed it Nicky Minaj. Oh, fucking terrible. Like, I'm looking, I'm thinking, like, Mario? I could have Mario. Yeah. The guy The guy is a fucking doctor and a certified plumber. Yeah. Like, not a bad choice. No. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's a good shout. Probably good for Mario. Problem is, it's just the idea that like every time he does something nice for Samantha, he expects some kind of sexual gratification. I just I can't help but think of Robot Chicken. What's that? Have you not seen that with Mario? No. What? Uh, oh, it's brilliant. I'll, I'll have to try and find it and send it to you. Basically, um, Mario and Luigi are on a certain level, and he jumps into one of the um, uh, boxes with the coins, and so they hoard all the coins. And they basically just live this lavish lifestyle of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> and to the point where they've got no more money left. And they're trying to fucking get their way back up. It's brilliant. So funny. We'll have to send me a view, uh, like a YouTube yeah, link for I'll, it. I'll have to find it and send it to you. Right. So that concludes for us our questions for idiots. So thank you very much to Samantha and Colm. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Right. Take another break. In now. Okay, and we are back. So, um, for the next three episodes, this one and the following two with uh, Towson and Slinger, I've asked the guys to come up with a specific topic um, that they wish to discuss. Now, uh, that is um, personal to them. I've not had any input to it. So, Alex, you wanted to discuss single-player games. Give us a bit more yeah. detail on what you wanted to discuss. Well, I, it sort of stemmed from the rise in multiplayer-based platforming games. Yeah. Not, well, not platforming games, but that sort of side of it. Yeah, the, the multiplayer the platform Royales. itself, yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the Battle Royales of Fortnite, PUBG, Warzone for Call of Duty. I, I just think that single-player creates a massive component for video games, and it needs to be looked after. Yeah. Okay. Um... One of, one of the things that I found about it is there is a lot of replayability and a lot of longevity in a in a good single player story. So, for example, uh, GTA Five is a brilliant story, yeah. And you can always go back to it and do other bits and pieces. You do the Easter egg hunt for the the alien craft in the ocean, and all those other bits and pieces. You don't always get that with multiplayer games. Mm. because you, you get that that selling point for that idea but after a while for me personally I get bored of it Yeah, because it's, it's just the same thing over and over again it's good to kill a few a couple of hours or something like FIFA's Ultimate Team or playing Call of Duty online but I have to go back to a single player campaign because it, it just you can get lost in a story and get invested in that game 
and and to me is such an important selling point of a game. Fair enough. Right, completely appreciate that. I mean, I was um, when you messaged me about it the other day. I had a look back, and I remember when PUBG and Fortnite came out. There was a lot of speculation as to whether or not this would be uh, the rise of um, kind of massively multiplayer get online games. Yeah. And the drop off of single player narratives. Mm. Um, you know, we'd seen this massive rise of these online games, and people were like, well, if this is where the money is, then what realistically is the driving force behind, you know, um, another single player game without a multiplayer aspect? And yet, and yet, in the last, let's call this the last five years, because I think that happily encapsulates what we've got. And this is mostly PS4 exclusives. That wasn't an accident. Uh, that was an accident, I promise. Um, but obviously, it's just what I'm drawn to. God of War, Spider-Man, Bloodborne, any of the Batman games, Detroit Become Human, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Origins, um, and any of the Uncharted games. Yeah. Do you know what? Oh, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and yeah. Daxter. All these brilliant games. Um, you know, look at even the Bloodborne series. They are primarily single player. I know you have yeah. online elements, same as with, I think Bloodborne's got some online elements, but they are primarily single player driven yes. experiences. Yeah, and, and I think it shows as well, even some of the sports titles, there's still a massive backlash from fans when they don't get um, updates that they want. Yeah. So mainly for me, Madden, FIFA, MLB, the show, there is a massive fan base for the career single player offline uh, franchises that you can create. Yeah. But because these titles don't get shown the same love for their single player as they do multiplayer, a lot of fans feel left out. Because at the moment, as you say, multiplayer platforming is huge. There's, there's so much more revenue in it people feel let down by the companies for not creating the the thing that, that bought them the game in the first place. And I feel that if people aren't looked after that way, they will stop buying those games because they're, they're just not seeing any improvement into what got, got them into the game in the first place. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, the same rant I had about Star Wars Battlefront between the first and the second one, I prefer the second one. It's still a bad, it's still a poor game, but I prefer the second one because it gave you that story narrative as well as shooting up a ton of people dressed as stormtroopers for an hour. So was was Star Wars Battlefront a a single player game with a multiplayer package? The first one wasn't. No, it was just multiplayer. The but second one, a, sorry. The second one was yeah. Brilliant. So you had a a storyline. It was based off a woman that was an Imperial Commando that has her head turned by what she's seen the Empire do after the Battle of Endor, mm. after the events of Return of the Jedi, basically, and how she's on the wrong side of it. And so her morals and her personal beliefs in how the, the world works is completely changed. Yeah. I've always thought it would be a brilliant film, honestly. Well... This is what I found with a lot of the Star Wars products that I could go into a conversation about another day, but it gives you that alternate 
alternate option of something that's happened. Yeah. Like the Force Unleashed games. You know, that gave you that alternative to just knowing what happened to Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But they, they I, I've always said that EA massively dropped a bollock with the first one because it had none of that. It basically gave you a multiplayer platform. Yes, you had to buy micro or you had to make microtransactions to make your character better because it gave you better weapons and it gave you better things to do and all this sort of stuff. And and they did. They massively, massively pissed off the fan base because of how successful the, the first Battlefront games were back in the early 2000s. And they had a single-player campaign. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just I just think people are left out of that when they shouldn't be because they were the fan base that started the hot hype for these games back before online um, components were yeah. prominent. Yeah. No, I, I completely appreciate where you're coming from. So, what in your mind is what do you think is the best way when when you know? And a brand new Sony exclusive IP drops on PS5 on launch day. Yeah. What does it need to do to be a successful single player experience? Like, what are your key values? I mean, I've I've always said narrative. Give me a fucking yeah. good story. Yeah, yeah. And you'll hook me. Oh yeah, definitely um, great. Um, I think you have to be immersed in the story. Yeah. Um, something like Detroit Become Human. There's not a lot of action when it comes to button mashing or combos or anything like that but the story was so immersive you you couldn't it was like a good book you couldn't put it down you had to carry on playing it and i think that's where you can attract a load of fans yeah if the story's good enough the last of us was the same you watch the the you do that first level and you're hooked because it's just brilliantly done yeah and you, you don't get that immersion from a multiplayer game. You don't see that. No, you don't. I mean, I've always thought, like, I like Destiny. Me and Nick jumped yeah. on Destiny uh, about two weeks ago now. Um, okay. And it's go to a place and shoot the thing. Mm. And it's, you know, when you're just like, I just, I just don't feel like, I feel like I'm doing busy work. Yeah. And that's my experience with multiplayer games. Maybe I'm playing the yeah. wrong ones, but I, but I don't your, know. That, that's your niche, though, isn't it? It's that sort of... You, you want that story-driven game. Yeah. But they weren't... They, yes, there were good parts of it, because obviously we used to, didn't we? We used to spend hours playing Destiny, and we'd go through the storylines that they created, and it was good fun. But after a while, it was like, well, that that's worn off now. And it is just a multiplayer game. And it is just your mate shooting up a load of aliens to get yeah. to the boss, get some loot, and then do it all again. Yeah. Why do you do the raids? To get better loot. Why do you want better loot? To do more raids. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I, it's just... But that, that's where RPGs come into it, in, the, in their own sort of way. You yeah. Know, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a good mark. We talked about it earlier. You don't need that multiplayer side of it. Yes, they've got that battle arena you can go into, but you doing all the bits and pieces and the side quests and getting all the loot and all this sort of stuff helps the, develop the character into how you want the story to play out. Yeah. And, and that in itself 
is immersive from the beginning because you want to develop the character. You want that story to go the way you want to do it. Yeah. You know, um, the Telltale game, Batman Telltale game. I love that. That was brilliant. Telltale get a lot of flack from... Well, mainly Slinger. me and Slinger because yeah. you're platinum because they're too easy. But that's the thing. Like they're a, They are a whole package and... Um, they are incredibly well-written games because the idea is not, oh, this is a game. It's here is a story and you yeah. get to take part in the story. Yeah. It's not necessarily, here's you playing a game. Yeah. Um, for that specific reason, I actually found Guardians of the Galaxy the most jarring because that was mm -hmm. the most button-mashy one out of the lot. Yeah. Oddly yeah, enough. Yeah, I, well, I, no, I just... I've always found that it needs to have a good story. The character develop, development needs to be a key thing in how the story plays out. Yeah. Because you, you can, you know, you get that in good movies as, at times as well. It's good character development throughout the film. Climaxes at the end and you feel like you've watched a really good film. I feel the same way, but you need that in a video game. You do. And um, I mean, some of the, the things that I mentioned earlier are key examples of that. God of War's Kratos, yeah. Spider-Man, uh, Batman, specifically Arkham Knight. It might not have been everyone's favourite, but it was um, it was him coming to grips with this Arkham Knight character who turned out to be the Red Hood and him reconciling with Jason and saying goodbye to everyone. Detroit becomes yeah. human. Like, watching Connor try and accept the changes that were going round or alternatively fighting the changes that were going round and remain part of the structure, the infrastructure that made him who he was. You know, you, well, you can the, see the, these. The non-playable characters in that, like Clancy Brown's character, he yeah. was adamant. He was uh, the detective, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He, he was, yeah. died because of an android not being able to help him or something. Yeah. And so you see that that changes. He's partnered with Connor. You see everything go on. You see his beliefs change into thinking. Well, actually, these these are these are different beings, even mm -hmm. though they all look the same and they act the same. They are different. And you know, I've always said that that story is brilliant. Yeah, I I loved the um, the Detroit game honestly i don't think enough people have actually played it um i don't know i'm looking forward to getting slinger's take on final fantasy 7 remake because he yeah. picked that up he's not impressed no i've, I've heard this but it is a, a key example of a great final fantasy it, final fantasy 7 is the best selling final fantasy mm. um out of all of them um it's I'm fairly certain Final Fantasy as a series is Square Enix's top selling franchise. Mm. Um so for Slinger to who was a big fan of Final Fantasy VII, to have the remake and go, no, it's not good. Yeah. Um really interested me. Specifically because everyone loves the character of Cloud, everyone loves the character of Barrett and Tifa and Aerith and Red and blah 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm interested to see how that changed after 20 plus years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know a lot of it will be game structure, and I think that will be where it falls for him. I've heard a lot yeah. of people say there's padding, and when there's padding, there's no character development. Mm. 
And if that is the case, that will be where that kind of game falls for me. Yeah. The more I hear, honestly, the more I hear about this game, the more I'm like, I don't want to play it. No, I, I, I don't, because I loved the original. But I'm not fussed about the remake. Yeah. I, I still haven't, I mean, I've said it several times, I have not played the original Final Fantasy VII through to completion. Yeah. I've got it on my PS4. I am intent on starting it at some point. Mm. Um, but again, like, I do think the structure of a game, as much as its story, will really reflect on how good a game can be. Yeah. Um, if you are designing an RPG and it is 50% padding, you have to acknowledge that 50% of your game is trash. Yeah. Not that it's bad, but there is a chance that people will not play it and therefore yeah. it cannot be counted towards the end goal because yeah. if that doesn't determine your character's development, some people aren't going to be bothered by it. And I'll be one of those people. As much as I love the, the side quests for Assassin's Creed, it's because I really love this game. If I don't love the game, I'll just play the story. Yeah. Will I get the most out of it? Who knows? It's all up in the air. But that's a bit of an in, uh, a further conversation for the four of us the next time we all get on the phone. And it's a bit of a teaser for the listeners for when we do the next episode. Ooh. Um, right, lovely. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring us to a close because I'm aware that you, um, you've got Lauren there. It's your birthday tomorrow. Yes. <gasps> How old are you going to be tomorrow, Alex? 32. 32. I'm only two months older than you, you smug bastard. Yeah, but it's still two months. I'm still going to be younger than you for two months. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got any specific plans for your birthday? I realise that sounds like a ridiculous question, but are you decorating at all? um, my family's done a sort of FaceTiming coffee morning on a Saturday. Oh, yeah. Um, just to sort of, everyone's just trying to keep in contact with each other. So we're going to we're gonna attend that tomorrow because it's Lauren's birthday on Monday. We're not all going to be able to speak to each other. Um, spend a bit of time with my dad playing Total War tomorrow afternoon. Um, tomorrow evening I'll spend it with Lauren, chill out, watch a bit of The Mandalorian. God knows. That's about it. Yeah, that is it. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. You've got a birthday cake? Uh, we Apparently we have, yes. Uh, Lauren's friend has delivered us a birthday cake for this weekend. That's very good of her. Well, thank you very much to Lauren's friend for looking after you. Excellent. I will pass on the message. Um, right, in that case, I shall do the close down. So, thank you very much for taking the time to listen. If you enjoyed, then please throw us a follow on our main page on Twitter, which is at pixel underscore prep. You can follow our personal accounts. Alex, you are at AJ Wallace, and I am at Rodney Broddle. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the show and rate us. Remember, you can listen to us through a number of services iTunes, Spotify, Castbox, Himalaya, or through our host site, podcasts.com. Um, now, my last show that we did, uh, we had a quote which was taking an arrow to the knee from the infamous Skyrim. <laughs> This one comes from 1988's Bad Dudes. The president has been kidnapped by ninjas. Are you a bad enough dude to rescue the president? That's worrying. 
if that was the sort of quotes you got in video games of the year I was born. Mate, same here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, is that the level of quality that we had that year? Good, good, good writing there in that game. Wasn't the it? thing is, I bet it was a quality game. Um, but you know yeah, when you're like, that sounded, no. are you a bad enough dude to rescue the president? Well, if it's that fucking Dettol swigging dickhead over in America at the moment, you know, no. Let him, let him burn. Let him fucking burn. Dickhead. Anyway, right, so until next time, thank you very much for joining us. Alex, thank you very much for making the time this evening. Yes, thank you, Mr. Roddle. Love to talk to you. And to you, and we shall speak to you guys in about a week's time. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Goodbye. Bye all. Bye.